0: We're going to hear from the man of God, but I want you to uh, get a little understanding of who he is. Uh, Pastor, I still call him Pastor, and I'll tell you why I still do. Uh, Pastor Armstrong, his name is Scott Armstrong, is from uh, Tennessee. He pastored for years in a town called Mount Juliet. His, the name of his church is called Church Alive. That tells you a little something there. His church is live. And so he passed that church for years. While pastoring that church, he had sent out other ministers from his church to start other churches. What we call that in our organization is a daughter church. So his church being the mother church had daughters. And so he sent daughters out from among the mother church. And so he has done the work of God. Recently, he was appointed at what we call in our organization on the national level where our national leadership team drives what the organization do as a whole. And remember, I told you that our organization is the greatest organization that I know in this earth that God is using to do some great things. There's great organizations out there, but the you. PCI, the United Pentecostal Church International, is doing things that nobody else is doing. And that's not to say anybody else is not doing great things. We don't belittle anyone, but what I'm telling you is this is the greatest Pentecostal organization in the world. There is 239 nations or countries in this world, and our organization is preaching in 212 of those countries and nations in the world. Nobody can make that claim. So our leadership is in St. Louis, Missouri, and we have a superintendent and so many others that are standing with him and behind him to push the vision of Jesus Christ, to seek and to save that which is lost. And so Brother Armstrong has been appointed as the Director of Promotions for our branch of North American Missions. So he's rubbing shoulders with the big wigs, so to speak, and he's doing a great job, a phenomenal job, in just helping our organization to convey the vision and do what we're supposed to do, which is reach people in every country, every kindred, every tongue. And so we are privileged to have such a man of God to come and be with us today. He's an author. He's an author. Active duty a church planting adventure, and so he he gave me uh, four books. This is my book that he um, gave me earlier this year, and um, I have his signature in it. But he gave me four books to give out, and I'll probably do that sometime today and keep a couple for another time. But he's a man of God. I appreciate him. Him and I have a really good relationship, and so I thank God for sending him to New Jersey here in Hamilton Square And he is going to minister to you. He ministered mightily Thursday night at our Bible study. And today he's going to minister the word of the Lord to you. You're going to receive from God. And something is going to happen in this place today. Will you stand with me this morning? And will you welcome to this pulpit Reverend Pastor Scott Armstrong in Jesus' name.
1: Praise the Lord, everyone. Amen. God is great. I feel the Lord in this house today. Wow! Man, this is a full house. I've been looking this way. I hadn't had a chance to look back there. This is awesome. I'm so glad you're here today. It is truly my honor to be here with you and with your wonderful pastor. And uh, I want to make just a few comments, if I may, before you, uh, before I let you get, get seated. That way you can kind of stretch real good be ready to get with me here in a minute. Is that all right? Amen. Amen. I, I just want to say... Uh, what an honor it is to be with christ Center church family on your one-year anniversary. Amen. Uh, this is tremendous. A full house. Amen. And uh, uh, we just recently had our general conference, and the theme of our service was the next one. And so I just want to tell you here today that your first year was great, but the next one is going to be much greater. Amen. And the next decade will be greater. And the next soul that is up here testifying of the things that uh, have happened since they've met the Lord, that's even going to be greater. Although it would be hard to beat. I, I so much enjoyed uh, what was said today, it was just fantastic. And uh, I congratulate you. And so. I uh, I just want to say uh, to Pastor and Sister White. Is Sister White still in here? Pastor's over here. She's here. Would, would you come up here for just a moment? I, I just want to take a moment because, see, pastors, I've pastored for years. And I, you, you really can't do this yourself. But I can. And, and I just want them to come. I want them to stand over here together. And, and I want us as a church family, I, I, I want us to give them a great big hand for their sacrifice, courage to answer the call and plant a church in Hamilton, New Jersey. We thank you, Pastor Sister White. God bless you. And I also want to say on behalf of Brother Bernard, Brother Coon, our Director of Home Missions, North American Missions, we thank God for you and your family, what you mean for this community. God bless you. Amen. Give you, pastor one more good hand. And pastor's wife, amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. You are a part of a worldwide organization. Amen. And I was thinking Brother Sam said that he wanted to get his picture because when he gets like T.D. Jakes, he won't know him. Let me tell you something. In our organization, he is T.D. Jakes. Come on. Amen. We look around and say, T.D. who? Oh, now, Wayne, we know. Amen. Praise God. Amen. What a great honor it is to be here with this beautiful family. I've enjoyed the singing. I've enjoyed the presentation. I pastored, and I know we pastors, we like to move things along pretty good, and and you have. But I think it's also important to reflect and to appreciate uh, milestones along the way. And uh, that's what you're doing here this weekend. Uh, But at the same hand, uh, we are looking forward. Amen. Jesus said, upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. You are involved in something here today that is not going down, but it's going up. It's built on the rock. It's built upon the apostles. Amen. Their doctrine, the foundation, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. You are a part of something that's incredible. That will produce not only just a great church here, but uh, in the area, communities and around. Who knows what the Lord has Praise God for the future? Because I believe every church that we're able to plant, just like this one right here, is another portal to glory for so many people. Praise the Lord. I, I so much appreciate the church. I'm as churchy as Noah was Archie. I believe in the church. Amen. God bless you. I want to read the, the, the word of the Lord here today, and then I'll let you sit down. If, if, if you'll just stand for just another moment, um, I want to go to the word of the Lord because I believe that one of the best ways that we could honor a year is to hear the word of God and be blessed and maybe have someone today receive the Holy Ghost, maybe have someone today be encouraged, someone today to receive a word for their life. Don't you believe that? Amen. Praise the Lord. I want to read from Genesis chapter 37, verse 19. The Bible says, And they said one to another, Behold, this dreamer cometh. Come now, therefore, and let us slay him, and cast him into some pit. And we will say, Some evil beast hath devoured him, and we shall see what will become of his dreams. And Reuben, everybody say Reuben. Reuben Reuben heard it, and he delivered him out of their hands and said, Let us not kill him. And Reuben said unto them, Shed no blood, but cast him into this pit that is in the wilderness. But lay no hand on him that he might rid him out of their hands to deliver him to his father again. And it came to pass when Joseph was come unto his brethren that they stripped Joseph of his coat, his coat of many colors that was on him, and they took him and cast him into a pit. And the pit was empty. Everybody say empty. Empty. And there was no water in it. Everybody say dry. And they sat down to eat bread, and they lifted up their eyes and looked. And behold, a company of Ishmaelites came from Gilead with their camels, bearing spicery and balm and myrrh, going to carry it down to Egypt. And Judah, everybody say Judah, Judah, said unto his brethren, What profit is it if we slay our brother and conceal his blood? Come, let us sell him unto the Ishmaelites, and let not our hand be upon him. For after all, he is our brother in our flesh. And his brethren were content. Amen. I want to preach to you the word of the Lord today. And I believe the Lord gave me a word for this church for this day. I want to tell you that praise will get you out. Let's pray right now. Jesus, we thank you for the word today. We thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do in this place today. Thank you, Lord, for the fire of the Holy Ghost that we've already felt. Lord, thank you for what you're doing, what you've done this past year. But today we call upon you, Lord, to touch us afresh. Lord, let the Spirit of God begin to move in our heart right now, Lord. Touch our hearts and minds right now and draw our concentration upon the Word of God. And let the anointing of the Word begin to touch us and fill our lives here today, Lord, and speak to us. uh, and that it would bring forth fruit in our lives today that the word would touch us deliver us minister to us uh, lord and that you would have your way as we respond to it today everybody said in jesus name amen thank you god bless you thank you for standing i appreciate so much amen i'd also honor uh the family That is here today that have come from so far. God bless you. Amen. So awesome to see you here today. Is there anybody besides me that enjoys uh, those big words that when, when you have your computer set on screensaver, you have those big words that come across? You know, is anybody, I see a few heads. Uh, it's all those words that we never use and can't really pronounce, but uh, but you know I, I kind of like those those words, and sometimes some will catch my attention. But uh, I've never seen this one go across, but I looked it up anyway. The simple word "pit," because the scripture said they put him in a pit, so I got to thinking, okay, what does that represent? Well, uh, a pit is simply number one a, a, a cavity in the ground, a mine, a scooped-out place for burning something. It is often a sunken or depressed area, and enclosure. But it also, the, the last definition is important. It represents a place of or a situation of misery or of futility or of degradation. Amen. In other words, it's a bad place. It's a dark place. A pit, there's no light down there. There's no water, the Bible says. It's no way out, so to speak. Now, Uh, I I guess you can tell that uh, I'm from the South. As pastor's already said, I'm uh, born and raised in Tennessee and just recently moved to St. Louis. And um, so in the South, we used to have this kind of ridiculous, cheesy TV show called Hee Haw. Has anybody ever heard of that? Oh, I'm so embarrassed that you've actually heard of that show. But you see, I was was raised, you know, we, we watched that show. And they used to kick it off, and they had these three gloomy men. They were all dressed up, you know, overalls and all this kind of stuff. And they, they would sing this song, gloom, despair, and agony on me. Deep, dark depression, excessive misery. If it weren't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. Gloom, despair, and agony on me. And then they'd trail off crying. That's why we write the sad songs in Nashville, folks. Amen. And I'm, I'm ashamed to say that I know that, but but I got to think it. That kind of describes what you feel like when you're in a pit. It's gloomy. You're in despair, agony. Uh, it's deep. It's dark. There's no friends down there. There's no light. There's no nourishment. There's no joy. It is, as they say, gloom, despair, and agony on me. And nobody enjoys these times of life, but they do come along. You'd be walking along and all of a sudden you just drop into a a, a place of despair and something hits you out of nowhere. And, and that's what happened to Joseph. He was actually put in the pit. Sometimes you hit a snag and sometimes you run into a trial. Sometimes somebody pushes you into a pit. But it doesn't really matter how you get there, but it's what you're going to do once you do get there that matters. Because if you stay there, dreams die in a pit. If you stay there, your gifts and callings will die. Amen. Marriages will suffer. And uh, the, the thing that God has for you will die in a pit because a pit is the pits. Amen. And I feel like there may be somebody here today that perhaps may feel like you're facing some situations, some issues, some emotions, some dealing with some stuff, some trials and things. And I want you to know today that God uses these pit times in our life to accomplish some of the craziest things that we can imagine, amen, that we would not have been able to do had it not been that God dropped us down for a while and got our attention, amen, and allowed a Joseph's pit experience in our life. It can be confusing, it can be frustrating, but it is not without purpose. It is not without purpose. The Bible tells us, amen, that the fiery trials, the trial of our faith in 1 Peter 7, 1, being more precious than that of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Christ Jesus. So Joseph was thrown into this pit by his brethren. That really hurts, doesn't it? And he was sold into captivity, wrongfully accused, imprisoned in a foreign land. And yet all of these tragedies become his march to freedom. Because later in Joseph's life, he not only became the leader of his own nation, but of his enemies. Amen. It reminds me of another Bible character, Job, who uh, when all of his trials were over and they were very severe, he had more than he had in the beginning. Amen. Amen. Now, I want to look at this biblical setting for just a moment. Uh, Joseph, he had 12 brothers. They were jealous. They wanted to kill him. But they decided to throw him in a pit based on Reuben's suggestion. Reuben was the firstborn. He was the firstborn son. Any firstborn sons in here today? I'm a firstborn son. You know, there's some pressure on firstborn sons. Amen. And in that day and time, uh, he knew that he would be the one that would be blamed. For Joseph's death, if they let him die in that pit, and so uh, Reuben uh, somehow said, you know, let's don't kill him, let's throw him in this pit. And uh, so he was there when he was thrown down into the pit. Reuben was um, one of those uh, twelve brothers who later became the tribes of Israel, if you will. He uh, his father jacob had worked for laban for seven years for his daughter rachel and then laban tricked him gave him his daughter leah uh jacob worked another seven years for rachel and so as it happens uh, back in that day often he had two wives aren't you glad that times have changed hallelujah amen i got two women giving me direction my wife and that uh gps voice that's about all i can take Amen. But he had two wives. And the Bible says that Rachel was barren. She could not have children, but Leah could. And in Genesis 29 and verse 32, the Bible says, Leah conceived and bare a son and called his name Reuben. For she said, Surely the Lord hath looked on my affliction, and now therefore my husband will love me. You see, Leah was trying to win affection based on natural, biological, fleshly means. And when she saw that bouncing baby boy, she said, look, a son. You know, that's what the name Reuben actually means. Not very creative, but that's what she named him. She was so excited when uh, she saw that little boy. She said, look, another male human species. Let's call him son. Let's call him Reuben, which means just a son. And so my point is today that Leah and Reuben represent just nothing special, just a son. It's nothing divine. It's just flesh like us. Leah tried to please God through the flesh and bore Reuben, whom she named after the flesh. And they represent us trying to live our lives according to the flesh. Amen. And when you follow Reuben's legacy, later in Genesis chapter 49, Jacob was passing down the blessing to the children. And he had all the, even though Reuben had the rights of the firstborn, it didn't happen that way because Jacob declared that Reuben would no longer excel and that he would be unstable as water. And when you follow his life, that's what happened. He committed incest with uh, Bilhah, his father's wife, later years. When you look at Reuben's legacy, there was no judge. There was no prophet, no ruler, no prince that came from his tribe. The only people that were famous were uh, uh, Dathan and Abiram. And they were famous because they rebelled against Moses and the earth swallowed them up. So Reuben, who was the firstborn, lost his privilege. Because he represented the flesh. The kingdom was given to Judah and the priesthood to Levi. Leaving Reuben to be small and non-influential. Amen. And Reuben represents us without the power and the help of God. Amen. And that's the way we are with our flesh that has not been transformed by the Spirit of God and walking in the power of the Spirit of God. You know what it always does? It does what Reuben said. Let's put him in the pit. Let's take him down. Amen. In other words, when you put your hopes in Reuben, which represents man, the flesh will put you in the pit every time. The flesh will always want to pull you down. Our carnality, when we're leaning on ourselves, you're always going to fall in a hole. And you'll never be able to be satisfied because the flesh never satisfies. Oh, it may for a short term, but long term it brings condemnation and guilt and sorrow and consequences that you seem to get yourself out of. The unredeemed desires of our own flesh never satisfy. And when you look at the Bible, you, you see that that's true. When Israel was coming into their promised land, the Bible says they began to crave flesh. Numbers 11 4 said, Israel wept again, said, Who will give us flesh to eat? They remember the fish when they were in Egypt, the, uh, the melons, the cucumbers, the onions, the garlic, and the leeks. Obviously, they never had jerk chicken. I mean, they're listing this stuff here. But anyway, they were thinking about what they used to have when they lived in Egypt, which is a type of sin, which is a type of the flesh. And they grew weary of manna from heaven, and they got a taste for the flesh. Manna was not flesh. Manna was divine like a bread-like substance that was sent from heaven that all they had to do was go out and pick it up every day. God provided it. Amen. And But they got tired of that. Isn't that the way we do sometimes? We get tired of what God gives us so gracefully and so wonderfully and merciful, and we get to longing for something that we used to have in Egypt, in the flesh. We want the desires of the flesh. And here's what God did. God said, okay, you want flesh. I can just see God kind of a little bit and said, you want flesh? I'll give you flesh. And this is what he did. The Bible says he coated the ground with dead quail that was approximately three foot deep and 37 miles in diameter. Now you do the calculation on that, that's about six trillion dead quail. Millions of quail for each of the several million people. In Tennessee, we'd say that would drive a bird dog insane. Amen. That's a lot of quail. It's overwhelming. And you know what? It'll drive us insane too, because once you give into the flesh, it's always overwhelming. It'll always overtake you. It'll always take you farther than you want it to go. It always takes you, keeps you longer than you want to stay. Amen. It tastes good at first. At first time when they saw that quail, they were happy. But then the Bible tells us that as they begin to eat it day after day, it started to become nauseating to them. Amen. And And that's the way sin does. It tastes good at first, but it comes out our nostrils and it's sick to our stomach, sick to our soul, because the flesh never satisfies. It'll take you places where you wake up one day and wonder how did I get here? Like the children of Israel, where did all this quail come from? I tell you, it comes because we get tired of the manna from heaven and the flesh sounds good and we choose the flesh and now it's loathsome, it's sickening. I'm telling you when we all, and we've all done it, we've given in to our flesh, to our desires without the Spirit of God. And we're asking for trouble because it will never satisfy. The Bible says in Galatians 6 and 8, for he that soweth to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. The Bible further tells us in 1 John 2, 16, all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life, it's not of the Father, it's of the world. It doesn't come from heaven, it comes from here. It's not provision from God, it's what we can do ourselves. You know the trouble with we humans is we're just so human. And there's always a pull of the flesh. As long as we're in the flesh, we have cravings, if you will. Anybody ever have a craving for something sweet? We call that a sweet tooth. Amen. And, and when you've got a sweet tooth, you don't want a salad. Man. You get a sweet tooth, you know, it can be a strong craving. And, and the fact is, we are born with a sweet tooth for the things of the world. For the things of the flesh. We desire to please ourselves no matter the consequences. But folks, we cannot allow that to happen to us. Because God will provide manna from heaven. We should want the things of God. We should hunger and thirst after righteousness. The Bible says then we'll be filled. Amen. We should long after the Lord. Like David said, like the deer paneth after the brooks of water. Amen. Because manna represents Christ who is the bread of life. Amen. But yet we are so human. Amen. Just by crucifying the flesh, Jesus Himself demonstrated that the flesh could not be saved when He died on the cross. Amen. In fact, He tells us to mortify the deeds of the flesh. You know, that word mortify, that's where they get the word mortician. Amen. And, And a mortician specializes in death. Amen. And so if we're to mortify the deeds of the flesh, then A Christian is a professional spiritual mortician. Amen. You can't deal with the flesh. You can't mess around with that. Amen. The only thing we can do, amen, is turn to God and be transformed. Amen. And have a new spirit put inside of us through the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. It's either going to be flesh or it's going to be spirit. I don't know about you, but I've had what the flesh can do. I've had all the things that I can try. I need to depend on God. Amen. I need to trust God. I need to serve God with all my heart. I need to live for Him with all of my life. And I promise you, if you will seek Him first, then He will give you all good things in the right time. Things you don't even know you realize that you need. He knows what we need more than we do. Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, flesh cannot be saved. But we spend a lot of money on it. We, we do a lot of stuff to try to make it comfortable. We try to almost worship it. But the flesh will pull us down and it will put us in a pit. Amen. Now, remember our text. It was Reuben, or flesh, that put Joseph in the pit. Bible says in Genesis 29 and 22, Reuben said unto them, Shed no blood, but cast him into this pit. But then you drop down, verse 26 says, And Judah said to his brethren, Hang on a minute. Let's don't kill him. Let's just put him in a pit. So, Reuben put him in a pit. And Judah took him out. Now we've already said what Judah means. It represents the flesh. Now I think you may know where I'm going here because the word Judah means praise. So Judah means praise. So Reuben means flesh and Judah means praise. Reuben put him in the pit, but it was praise that got him out. If the flesh has got you in a mess today, I don't care how you got there, but i would tell you how you get out. Praise will get you out. In fact, it's the only thing that will get you out. Amen. Praise will get you out. It wasn't Joseph's coat of many colors. It wasn't his anointing that got him out. It wasn't his dreams that got him out. Praise is what got the flesh out. And praise will get you out of your poor choices, of your unfortunate circumstances, of what other people bring or force on us. I don't care how you got in the pit, but I know how to get you out. If you'll throw your hands up to the Lord and begin to praise Him and begin to worship Him. Whining won't do it. Running away won't do it. But giving up to the Lord will do it. Because praise lifts you into the presence of God. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, praise will bring you out. The Bible says that He would be a very present help in the time of trouble. I believe that praise will take this church to the next level. It will bring another successful level of growth. Growth because revival happens in an atmosphere of praise. Amen. The Lord hears your praise. It attracts him. In fact, I believe he will come running. It doesn't matter if you're in a pit like Joseph or if you're in a jail cell like Paul and Silas in Acts 16, verse 23. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into the prison, charging the jailer, keep them safely, who, having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison. Everybody say, maximum security. Maximum security. Amen. And made their feet fast in the stocks. Amen. And you know what old Paul and Silas did? They were in there in the prison. They were in there in maximum security in the inner part of the prison. And I'm telling you, prison back in that day was a different story, ladies and gentlemen. It was rough. It was hard. It was dark. It was like a pit is what it was. But they didn't complain. They didn't uh, call up and talk about uh, what was wrong and, and, and all kind of stuff like that. The Bible says in verse 25, and at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God and the prisoners heard them and notice what happened and suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundation of the prison was shaken and immediately all the doors were open, and everyone's bands were loosed I'm telling you somebody needs to come out of the pit today amen and you're going to come out through praise hallelujah praise will break the chains praise will break the chains in your life praise will bring life into your situation praise will help you today to bring you into the presence of the Lord because it brings the Holy Spirit of God. I don't know what kind of thing you're facing today. It could be sickness. It could be bondage or addiction or despair or discouragement, depression. I talked about it Thursday night. How that there's a spirit of discouragement that weighs on us and heavy upon us. Amen. It may be marriage problems that seem so deep and dark and impossible that you feel like giving up. Amen. I don't know what it is, but I know what will help you. If you lift your hands and say, God, I don't know how to do it, but I'm thanking you anyway. Bible. Says in everything, give thanks for this is the will of God concerning Christ Jesus, amen. Concerning you, praise God. I don't know what it is, but praise will get you out, amen. It's kind of like it, it, it God just pours out enough spirit into that pit into that place that you're in that like water it raises and floats you right up out of that thing and I feel like the Holy Ghost is here today wanting to feel somebody to overflowing and it wants to lift you into the presence of God amen that spirit that comes when you praise in the pit hallelujah today is the day that God is going to lift you into the presence of God the Bible says in Psalms 30 and 5 weeping may endure for tonight, night but joy. joy. Joy cometh in the morning. It may be dark and and, 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 uh, there's no light right now, but there's light that's coming in the morning. Reuben came back to that pit where he last saw Joseph, and Joseph wasn't there. The flesh may have put you in, but you don't have to keep you in. You don't have to die there. Your fall does not have to be fatal. But you just can't let the devil steal your praise. Amen. You can't wait until it's all over either. You know, here's the thing. Anybody can do that. Anybody can be grateful and thankful after the battle, after it's all finished. But now, when you know, when the sickness is healed, uh, when, when you got money in the bank, when there's all the bills are paid, and and you got a good retirement, and and all the family is going well, you know you, that's that's easy to praise the Lord. But now, if you can praise God in a mess when it's dark and you're alone and it's cold and 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 I'm telling you something it takes something to praise the Lord in that situation it takes something to praise God in the face of a doctor's diagnosis it takes something to praise God when you ain't got two nickels to rub together it takes something amen to praise the Lord when you're going through the fire and you will lift up your hands and say like David of old I will bless the Lord at all times his praise Shall continually be in my mouth. My point is today, don't wait till the battle's over. Don't wait till you got everything figured out. Amen. Why don't you go ahead and praise the Lord in the middle of your pit and you get a praise Him anyhow kind of attitude. Amen. Well, God, it's dark down here. Praise Him anyhow. Hallelujah. Lord, I don't see no way out praise Him anyhow. I feel sick, but I thank God for the stripes that you bore that I could be healed. I'm going to praise Him anyhow. My kids ain't acting right, but I'm going to praise Him anyhow let me tell you something, when my daughter several years ago wasn't doing right, once in a while my wife, she'd take out that smartphone and she'd pull up her picture on that phone when the church would get to rocking, amen, church alive, you're right, amen, and we'd get to praising even though my baby girl wasn't in church, she wasn't where she was supposed to be, my wife would take out uh, her phone, pull up that picture and she'd start praising the Lord right with our baby girl on that phone, amen, I'm happy to say that in a few years, guess what, my baby girl was in there praising the Lord, amen, she was worshiping God. Amen. Don't wait till it's over. Just stand in faith and say, Lord, I know I'm here for a purpose. And while I'm here, I'm not going to give up. I'm going to praise you for the problem because this problem is taking me to my destiny. I'm telling you somebody today, God's got a purpose in what you're going through. Don't give up. Praise Him through the problem. Hallelujah. Job had lost everything he had. Amen. His heart was breaking in a million pieces. He had lost his family, his kids, his wealth. But in the middle of all that, the Bible says he arose, rent his mantle, shaved his head, fell down on the ground, and he worshiped. Oh. Amen. And in the end, God gave him back more than he had in the beginning. We don't have the benefit of choosing the things that come into our life oftentimes. We can't help what is thrown against us. We can't help the circumstances sometimes of our life but we can choose our weapon in our duel with the enemy. And my weapon is not going to be complaining. My weapon is going to be, Lord, I am thank you. I praise you. Amen. For this that I'm going through right now. Amen. Because the devil knows when you get your praise on, he is in trouble. Amen. I have learned that when I get in situations well over my head and the devil's backing me up, if I just begin to praise the Lord, the presence of the Lord comes into my life. There's clarity, there's vision, there's purpose, amen, and the devil can back off David said in Psalms 40 and 2 he brought me up out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay and set my feet upon a rock and established my goings, now David was a man that knew how to praise the Lord after many years, the ark of God was uh, not present in Israel. And so David went down to get it. He brings it home. The ark represents the presence and the power of God. And David was so excited about bringing the ark back. The Bible says he danced before the Lord with all of his might. He dashed right out of his kingly robe. And uh, David's wife, Saul's daughter, Michael, was up in the tower and looked down and saw him dancing. And she was Embarrassed. And she said, the Bible says, verse 20, 2 Samuel 6, Then David returned to bless his household, and Michael, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David and said, Oh, how glorious was the king today. I can just see her doing all that. Amen. Who uncovered himself today in the eyes of the handmaidens of his servants. as one of the vain fellows. What she was saying was, That was so shameful in your position. How embarrassing. That was ugly. That was humiliating. Amen. You know, David, if I was in that position, you know, I, I might have said, you know what? You're right, honey. That's no way for a king to act. I, I, maybe I should have composed myself. I should have behaved myself a little better. I'm sorry that I embarrassed you. But that's not what David said. He said this. David said to Michael, It was before the Lord which chose me before thy father and before all his house to appoint me ruler over this people Israel. Therefore, I will play before the Lord. He called worship play. Then he says this, and I will yet be more vile than thus, and will be base in mine own sight and in thy sight. What David was saying is, if you thought that was something, he was saying, if you didn't like that last praise, then let me tell you something, you ain't seen nothing yet amen you ain't seen nothing yet amen because it was God that called David it wasn't the daughter of Saul amen is there anybody here today that said devil you've been giving me a hard time about praising God you've been telling me I ain't worthy you've been telling me I'm not good enough amen let me tell you something you give God the best praise you have you ain't got to be perfect you don't have to dress it up and make it all pretty and do it all tidy it up just right amen you give God some praise and the Lord will come to you the Lord will bless you you. The Lord will fill you. He will help you because praise brings the presence of the Lord. Oh, let's clap our hands one more time. Oh, hallelujah. Down south, football season is like a religious holiday. And it's football season. And sometimes they talk about sports, teams winning ugly. You ever heard that phrase? Well, they won, but they won ugly. It wasn't pretty. They didn't do everything just right. But they found a way to win. I'm telling you, you may not have done everything just right. You may have made mistakes. And there's everybody here, me included, that have made mistakes. But if I give the Lord the best praise that I can, he will always meet me halfway. He will fill me. He will deliver you. In other words, if you've got to win ugly, go ahead and give him some ugly praise. <laughs> Amen. God, that's a bad situation. But I'm going to praise you anyway. I might be shaking in my voice. I might not know exactly how it's going to work out. Amen. But I know one thing. God's been good to me. Amen. God's been better to me than I deserve. And I know I got it bad, but there's a lot of people got it a lot worse than me. Amen. I'm going to thank you, Lord. I know that it's bad right now, but today, ain't this this day is not the end of the story. There's a tomorrow. There's a change coming. Amen. I'm just going to keep praising God, and God will fight my battle for me. That's what he did when Jehoshaphat was up against the army and Jehoshaphat set praisers out at the head of the army and they were out there praising God. Amen. And God fought their battle. And God will do the same thing for you when you begin to praise the Lord in the midst of your battle. Amen. In the midst of depression. In the midst of people coming against you. Amen. I want to tell you something. God will come to you and He will fight your enemies for you. Even if the flesh gets you in a jam, Judah will get you out. Amen. Judah will get you out. Oh, Jonah, he came out of that whale's belly. The Bible says that fish spit him out. I imagine it wasn't too pretty, but he was free. He came out ugly, but he came out. Can I tell you today, I feel like somebody's coming out. Amen. And you stop focusing on your pit. Stop focusing on yourself. Repent and turn to God and begin to praise the Lord. Because praise will bring the power of God. Oh, stand with me this morning. Y'all preaching me to death. You understand what I'm saying here today? Hallelujah. Praise will bring you out of your pit. If there's somebody here today that you're struggling with something in your life, you need something in your life, I can't tell you, I don't read people's mail. I'm not a prophet, but I know one thing. Praise will bring the presence of God. Praise will bring the Holy Spirit of God. Praise will bring the Lord into your life. Amen. And if you feel empty, you feel cold, you feel dry, if you begin to praise the Lord, Lord. God will fill you with the Holy Ghost. You can't get it talking about how bad you've been. Amen. You can't get it that way. It's a gift. It's a gift. What do you do when somebody gives you a gift? You say thank you. You say thank you. Hallelujah. I wonder if somebody today would say thank you Jesus for the gift of the Holy Ghost. Amen. All you got to do is believe, repent, and start praising the Lord. Come on, on this first one-year anniversary, you've got a lot to praise the Lord about. Amen. I wonder today if there's somebody that would just begin to praise the Lord in this house. Amen. Somebody that would say, I've been in a pit, but I'm going to put my praise on. I'm going to back the devil off. I'm coming out of this pit, and I'm coming out through praise. Let's clap our hands and thank the Lord right now. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. I wonder if there'd be somebody today that would just gather around this front. I don't know how you normally do it, but I feel like there's a move about to happen here right now. I feel like there's a move about to happen if you feel like you need to step out of where you are and you just need something to break loose in your life. Amen. Why don't you just step on out here today? Amen. Maybe step out. We ain't got a lot of room, but we know you don't have a lot of room in that pit either. But you can praise the Lord. You can begin to thank Him. You can begin to believe that you can receive the Spirit of the Holy Ghost uh, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues uh, as the Spirit gives the utterance uh, and you begin to pray. That's how you get it. You don't get it by begging. You don't get it by any other way. You get the Holy Ghost by praise. And it's here today. It's here today. Why don't you praise Him right now? They're going to sing. Let's let's praise the Lord. Yeah. Yeah praise you, Jesus. I praise you, Jesus. I praise you, Jesus. I'm coming out. Lord, I'm praising you. I need you. Praise will bring you out. Praise will bring you out. The flesh will put you in, but praise will bring you out.
0: Jesus is in this place. We thank you for being in this place. We thank you for being in this place, Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. What a word from the Lord. What a word from the Lord. Your praise is going to get you out. Your praise is going to get you out. A lot of times we have situations going in our life and we have this, we want somebody to give us this magical word, this magical explanation of how we can get our situation right. Or how we can get things done to, to get out of the situation. But the man of God stopped by here to tell us simply, it's your praise. It's your praise. You might not understand how your praise work, but your praise demonstrate faith. Your praise demonstrate that you know who He is. Your praise demonstrate that you know He's the all-powerful, all-delivering, mighty God. And so you might say, praise. Oh, yes, when you begin to praise Him. And I always tell you, just don't praise Him and say, God, I praise Him. Praise Him like you know Him. Say, Jesus, I praise You. I don't want nobody to mistake my praise Who is going to. My praise go to Jesus. And so when I praise Him, I say, Jesus, I praise You. There's a whole lot of power behind your praise. Amen. One more time, will you clap your hands and thank the
1: Lord.
0: Amen. We thank Brother Armstrong for being here with us today. He's been with us since Thursday. He preached Thursday. Friday night we went to Newark. He preached there. Yesterday he prayed and seeked the Lord for what he preached to you today. He studied the Word of God. And so this morning came and preached what God put into his heart to preach to us.